Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, we are going to learn about a new anti-hangover pill, how whale poop can benefit our oceans, and recently discovered dinosaur tracks that were found in Texas. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Callie, you know I don't really drink alcohol, but I just read a story that I think a lot of our listeners who do drink will be glad to hear. What, are you going to tell me they figured out how to magically prevent hangovers or something? Well, actually, kind of, yeah. What? A Swedish company has created an anti-hangover pill that they say can break down up to 70% of alcohol in your body in an hour. It's called Miracle. This keeps the alcohol out of your bloodstream and lessens the effects of drinking. Dude, 70%? That is a huge percentage. Uh, Does reducing that much alcohol only reduce hangovers or does drinking feel different? While some of the alcohol does still make it into your bloodstream, the reduced absorption will reduce the short-term effects of drinking, and the effects won't last as long. So you'll experience less anxiety that often accompanies drinking and being hungover, but you'll also feel less drunk. And the next day, potentially no hangover. Okay, so this pill helps us absorb less of the alcohol we drink, and that prevents the hangover? Right. Hangovers often come from the dehydrating effects of alcohol. That's why many who experience hangovers get headaches. The less alcohol you absorb into your bloodstream, the less risk of dehydration you have, and the less of those nasty hangover feelings. Interesting. Okay. But the million-dollar question then is, how does it block the absorption of alcohol? Right. So the pills contain a gut-friendly probiotic. Well, two probiotics, Bacillus subtilis and Bacillus coagulans. These are made from fermented rice bran and naturally break down alcohol into water and carbon dioxide. Importantly, though, most alcohol is absorbed into your body through your small intestine after it passes through your stomach. So researchers had to give the pill a durable capsule that could make it through the stomach before releasing in the small intestine. Okay, that is so cool. But will that also help people who get nauseated after a night out drinking? Uh, A lot of the nausea comes from alcohol irritating the lining of your stomach. And since the pill doesn't release until after the stomach, you might still have that nausea. Okay. Uh, If it's two different probiotics, do you need to take two different pills? No, they put both into one pill. But researchers say you should take one pill 12 hours before you start drinking and another pill about one hour before you start drinking to give yourself the best chances of reducing the effects of alcohol and a future hangover. And we're sure the pills work. Researchers ran a small test with 24 healthy young white adults and found that the alcohol in the blood of the pill takers was 70% lower than those who took a placebo. That doesn't actually sound like a very robust study. Uh, You're absolutely right. And the results also varied a good bit between patients. But they're still promising, so much so that this treatment is already for sale in the UK. But researchers need to do more analysis on groups that include a broader range of people, including those on medications, who live different lifestyles, and those who are not young or white. Plus, we aren't sure how things like eating food or body weight change the effectiveness. Well, hopefully this is a step in the right direction. How awesome would it be if hangovers were a thing of the past? Yeah, fingers crossed. (laughs) Hey, Nate. We have fun here, right? Yeah, but the way you said that makes me dread wherever you're going next. (laughs) Okay, well, I have a really fun story for you today about one of our favorite subjects. It's poop. Uh, More specifically, yeah, it's, it's whale poop. Oh, okay. Well, I can't say that I know enough about whale poop to consider it 
particularly fun? Oh, you are missing out, my friend. Whale poop Mm. brings essential nutrients from the depths up to the surface waters to stimulate the growth of phytoplankton, which is the base of all marine food chains. So more whales pooping in the oceans benefits the entire ecosystem. Okay, but what's so special about that? Like, surely whales are doing that all the time. Well, I was watching a TED Talk earlier with a marine biologist named Asha DeVos who detailed the near extinction of the right whale. She said that there were so many whales off the east coast of the U.S. that you could walk across their backs from one end of the bay to the other. But today, there are only a few hundred right whales left due to 200 years of being hunted and killed for their meat, oil, and bones. Okay, yeah, that's pretty terrible. So what does that have to do with whale poop? Right. So when whales dive beneath the seas to feed and come up to the surface to breathe, they actually release these huge fecal plumes. Oh, good. Fecal plumes? So like clouds of... Yeah, clouds clouds of poop. Good. Uh, They actually call it whale pump. And as I mentioned, it is a super important part of our planet's ecosystems. Okay. You said these whales were from the east coast of the United States, right? So would this only affect the Atlantic Ocean? Nope. Whales are known to go on some of the longest migrations of all mammals. So, for instance, gray whales off the coast of North America migrate over 16,000 kilometers between feeding areas and birthing areas every year, heading back and forth annually. As they do this, they act as a taxi service of sorts for fertilizer with their feces, taking it from places that have it to places that need it. This isn't something regional, Nate. This is actually global. Okay, right. So what you're saying is that as long as there are whales, and as long as they're pooping all over the world, (laughs) the oceans will stay healthy. Exactly. And it gets even better when the whales die. I thought we said we needed more (laughs) whales to live. Yes, but we also need them to die, uh, at least natural deaths. Whale carcasses are actually some of the largest forms of nutrition to fall from the ocean's surface, which is called whale fall. So when these carcasses sink, they provide food to something like 400 species. Oh, okay. So let me get this straight. Sometimes in whaling, fishermen pick up dead whales too, right? Did that have an effect on the ocean's health? Yeah, it did. For over 200 years, while the whaling industry was at its largest, there were way less whales dying of natural causes, and the whale falls were potentially irreversibly changed. This might have actually led to the number of extinctions of species that depended on these carcasses for survival. So what you're saying is that a ton of the ocean's ecosystem is dependent on these whales traveling, pooping, and dying naturally. Among other things. Whale carcasses are known to transport a whopping 190,000 tons of carbon. That's basically 80,000 cars worth of carbon annually. And the deep ocean is something known as a carbon sink because it traps and holds excess carbon from the atmosphere. And you know what happens if excess carbon is held from the atmosphere, Nate? It delays global warming. That's right. The more whales we have pooping and dying in the oceans, the more we can combat climate change. That's pretty huge. What's the best way for us to do more to keep these natural processes alive? Well, according to Asha DeVos, we need to address the more modern, pressing problems that these whales face in our waters today. We need to stop them from getting plowed down by container ships when they're in their feeding areas and stop them from getting entangled in fishing nets as they float around in the ocean. We also need to learn to contextualize our conservation messages so people can really understand the true ecosystem value of these creatures. So basically, to really save the whales, we just need to let them poop in peace. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like a slogan worthy of a protest. Let our whales, P-I-P, poop in peace. 
Okay, maybe you've heard this next story about dinosaurs because it made quite the buzz all around the world. I'm not surprised. No matter who you are or where in the world you live, you can't deny that dinosaurs are pretty awesome. Uh, What's the big news for this one? While droughts are usually bad news, a recent drought in Texas has revealed dozens of footprints from a dinosaur from more than 100 million years ago, the Acrocanthosaurus. Okay, that is really cool. Uh, What kind of dinosaur is this? I'm not sure I've ever heard of it. Well, the Acrocanthosaurus looked kind of like a T-Rex, but was a bit smaller at about 15 feet tall and weighing in at 7 tons. These dinosaurs lived in what we know as the Cretaceous Era. They also had three toes instead of the T-Rex's two, and they had big claws on the end of those toes. And they had arms a good bit longer and more useful than the T-Rex's. These dinosaurs also had spines running down their back, so they would have been a pretty formidable and intimidating creature to run into. And you said they found these prints in Texas, right? Was that their main roaming area? Yeah, the prints were found in Dinosaur Valley State Park in Glen Rose, Texas. They were spotted in the Paluxy River, which recently dried up due to a drought. The park is a popular attraction due to the amount of tracks and footprints that visitors can go see. Before the drought, rangers would use a glass-bottom boat to show off the dino prints, but since the river dried up, these have obviously been way easier to view. Not only that, but way more undiscovered tracks have been identified. You can distinctly see the three toes and their claws left deep gouges into the earth. Not something you'd want hunting you down. If there are so many prints, can paleontologists tell what the dinosaurs were doing? Were they having a little gathering or something? (laughs) Well, the researchers say the prints show the creatures were moving slowly, and they think this could be a clue that they were hunting, maybe stalking their prey. What kind of thing would they hunt? Other dinosaurs. Picture this. The Acrocanthosaurus was so massive that its prey was most likely another 48-ton dinosaur, the Sauroposeidon. Compared to the 7-ton Acrocanthosaurus, that's a huge meal. For context, that's seven times the size of a full-grown elephant and five times the size of a T-Rex. That is so cool. I mean, it's too bad about the drought, but at least it gave us a scientific discovery, and that's a silver lining we're celebrating. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. A Swedish company has created a new anti-hangover pill called Miracle that reduces the short-term effects of drinking. Using two probiotics made from fermented rice bran, the medication breaks down up to 70% of the alcohol in your body, negating the effects of dehydration. A recent TED Talk discussed the importance of both whale carcasses who have died naturally and fecal plumes from whales as critical players in delaying climate change and protecting essential nutrients in our oceans. A recent drought in Texas revealed the footprints from a dinosaur over 100 million years ago at Dinosaur Valley State Park. They're from the Acrocanthosaurus, a seven-ton predator. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 